0: you found me. I appreciate you being here and listening. My name is Hunter. I am 22 if you don't know me, and pretty confident I have hit my quarter life crisis a little early. If it gets any worse than this, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but I just wanted to start off giving you this quick little background of, you know, why I'm here, what I'm doing, and a little bit about me, so I had a podcast back in 2020 when we all had millions of hobbies that we never stuck to <laughs> and I am a Christian so that's kind of what that podcast was about. It was all about like the hard parts of Christianity and ever since I stopped that I, I only posted a few episodes. I don't really know what happened. I just did other I started doing other things and I end of 2020 it was heavy on my heart. I really wanted to talk more about mental health and then over the years, it's just continually been on my heart. And in this past year, especially, it's been so heavy on my heart and just feel like I am supposed to be doing this. And my stubborn self continued to put it off because I'm like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I feel like there's so many podcasts these days. Literally, my pastor made a joke about that. And I just didn't want to feel like I was jumping on a bandwagon or being like everybody else. But it just this desire never went away. And so here I am now. But And I always thought that it would be, you know, Christian-related, because I try to live my life by those principles. But the last year, the last few years have been a lot of refining, um, a lot of good moments, but very refining. The last year especially, so many, like, what-the-heck moments. I'm completely in a stage of life where I'm like, what am I doing? What, like, am I on the right path? (laughs) Am I supposed to be doing something else? And... I think I've just started to realize because I another reason I was putting it off is um the past few months especially I've been really struggling kind of with my faith and not necessarily doubting it or questioning it I just there's so much going on where I just feel like it's I'm not as focused on it as I should be and I think that is kind of realistic as a Christian like I sometimes I'm on this mountaintop high but right now I'm like deep into this valley and I'm like I can't oh my gosh I have like a frog in my throat or something hold on I just kept thinking like I'm not in a place to give other people Christian advice I feel like right now because I'm really struggling especially mentally and so I kept putting it off for that reason and just always making excuses not to do this (laughs) I think because of fear of what other people will think but um, it kind of just occurred to me that I don't need to be on this mountaintop high to have a voice or to try to speak to people, you know, not one person is more qualified than the next. And so I do really want to get into some of those deeper topics, some Christian struggles, but primarily right now, if there is anything that I personally have needed, is just some joy in my life, some laughter. And I just felt like that's a really good way to start this off. So for now, I want to primarily just focus on, you know, laughing with you and kind of joking about the crazy things that happen in life. And there will definitely be (laughs) deeper conversations later on and, you know, can dive more into my faith. Um, But over the last year, like I would come into work or go to a friend and start talking and tell them something chaotic that just happened to me. And they're like, what? Cause I'm just sitting there laughing. And, um, you know, the phrase, you, I guess you just got to laugh till you cry or you'll cry. Hello. Can I speak? Probably not. It just keeps like, it, ugh, I kept doing that over and over. And so it just became so real. And I'm like, this is definitely the motto for my life at this point. And it's just so true. Like I think if there's anything this last year especially has taught me is I really just kind of need to laugh it off sometimes because it's crazy out there so that's where I'm at um as I said a little bit and that is right now I just kind of want to share you know some funny stories some crazy things that happen in my life and we'll have guests later on I've talked to a couple of friends already um of conversations that we have had that were super good conversations that I feel like I would want to share it with other people. So, we'll be having guests on here at some point and you know, get in some get into some deeper topics sometimes, but other times it'll just kind of be light. So, I also just need an outlet because I will literally go to send my friend a voice message saying a few words, and it will turn into a few minutes, and I think my record is 10 minutes. I've literally sent a 10-minute voice message before, and I feel so bad for my friends, so if anything, I just need an outlet. I need to talk and just run my mouth. The hop for this first episode, what better way to start diving into my crazy life with you guys than to kind of recall some chaotic things that happened in my childhood and growing up, because as I was thinking about what my first episode was gonna be i started to remember some of these things that i did as a child and was like that is where the chaos started grew up in a family of four i had a brother a couple years older than me growing up and we were super close we grew up in a super small town last time i looked up the population it was like 1200 so very small town it's not even like a city or a town it's technically a village i guess and we also have a cottage kind of more north, also in a very small town. Not sure how many people live in that town, but another small town, but our lake is not, like, in town. It's outside of town, so very remote area. When I was in elementary, I remember one time getting picked up from school, and my mom had told my brother and I that she got laid off, and so then the few summers after that, I don't Remember how long she was laid off, but her next job after that was at like she worked from this town that was right by our cottage, and so she was laid off for a while and we started spending the entire summers up there we The three of us would live up there in the summer and then would come home the first day like the day before the first day of school. I always remember that was such a vibe killer like we were so sad, and we're like mm, now back to real life. <laughs> And I think if you've ever seen the summer I turned pretty, that's kind of what I think of. Like we would just spend the whole summer up there like doing fun things and we definitely like didn't have the money that the family in the summer I turned pretty does, but that's just, I relate to that a lot and just, you know, spending summers in kind of like your favorite place where we lived up there when she was laid off and when then when she started her new job, we still lived up there because it was closer for her than our house and so Um, A lot of times my cousins, my two cousins, would come up and spend, like, a week or a weekend with us um, just without their parents. My mom would watch them. And she trusted us a lot because we, both the town we grew up in and the town our cottage is in, you know, very, like I said, remote areas. We, our house was on 40 acres and you know, no neighbors around, nothing, and at our cottage we had there's like a strip of ten cottages and then a couple behind. And that was just like our area of the lake. There were tons of other cottages on the lake, but um we all shared like common areas, beach, playground, like our yard. We had pretty big yards and everything. We were the oldest kids up at our cottage and the kids that came later on were much younger than us. So Growing up, both at the cottage and at our house, we never had other kids around, so my brother and I were really close, which I do cherish. That the four of us and some of our family members and neighbors were all sitting on the beach, and the speedboat pulls up, and it's this dad with this young girl who I was eleven at the time, and she was a year younger than me. They pull up, and all of us are just kind of looking at each other, like, "What are these people doing here? We've never seen them before in our lives." And I'm going to call this girl Mary. I want to try to avoid using real names. We're going to go by Mary. Um, so Mary and her dad pull up and they're just like, do you guys want to go tubing? And the four of us jump up. We're like, um, yeah, grab our life jackets, go to the boat. And our parents were kind of like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> we, my, and my parents were very like relaxed, very laid back. I'm honestly surprised they said anything at all, but good for them, I guess. Because they were like, who are you people? And they talked for a few minutes and then it was whatever, we went tubing for a long time. I think we went back to Mary and her dad's cottage after that. And it was pretty similar for her. She didn't have many siblings growing up and she her cottage, there was only a couple nearby. One was her grandparents, which it was the same for me. We had a cottage and then right next door was our grandparents' cottage. So they had a speed bow and tubes, obviously, and then her grandpa had a pontoon boat that was basically hers. He kind of gave it to her because he's pretty old at the time, never used it. That just started the sweetest friendship I think I have ever experienced. Mary and I were friends for the next 10 years. We did everything together. We went through some super hard things together. We went through some... <coughs> Hello we went through some super hard things together. We went through some super great things together. And um, unfortunately that friendship ended in 2020. And, you know, I still grieve that friendship and I still think about her all the time. Her and her dad only came up on the weekends, but they still were up a fair amount of the time. And so we'd look forward to the weekends when she would come and we'd go tubing for hours and hours and we'd go to her house and we'd have fires and we'd do all this fun stuff together. We'd go swimming. And- We just did everything together, became best friends. It was primarily her and I because we were both girls in close in age, but my brother and our two cousins were also kind of close with her. But Mary and I specifically had some crazy things that we did, especially getting into our teen years. So as Mary and I grew up, we started to have a little bit of a rebellious stage. You know, both our parents trusted us. We could pretty much do whatever we wanted up there. Um... Within reason, you know, obviously we had to use our brains and use some common sense and not do anything dumb, which we did anyway, but I just want to share some of the stories that we have (laughs) together up there because some of them are just crazy and I think back and I'm like, what was I possibly thinking? So as I said, her grandpa gave her his pontoon boat and we would take it out, we would just park it in the lake somewhere, spend all day listening to music, tanning, snacking, jumping off the boat, we would have the time of our lives. There was this time where this little fishing boat with a couple of guys drove right by and they were, you know, just fishing but started talking to us and they introduced themselves. We never actually figured out their real names. They introduced themselves as Sunshine and Needle. And there's a second part to Needle's name, but it's inappropriate, so we're not gonna say that. We're just gonna go by Needle. <laughs> we exchanged phone numbers with them after talking to them for a little bit. We decided later that night when it was dark and our parents wouldn't notice to go to the boat launch to meet up with them. And going to the boat launch, no biggie. Ma- Mary and I's cottages were, I want to say, maybe about a half mile from each other, maybe less. And so we you know it's walking distance but usually she would drive her golf car we'd ride our bikes or boat over to each other's houses cottages closer way closer to hers it's pretty much right next door to her cottage so we met up with sunshine and needle that night after dark at the boat launch and they i want to say were around the 16 17 18 range i want to say 16 and 17 but we were probably 13 at the time i think i still had a flip phone so way older than us we met up i don't remember anything really coming of that we just kind of talked for a while and then they left. and you know what now that i think about it i think we probably lied about our ages to them no we definitely did possibly our names too anyways they probably realized we were young and dumb and left (laughs) and i don't think we ever heard from them again But there's another time where I met someone else and actually a friend from home was visiting at the cottage. We're sitting on the dock fishing and this fishing boat with guys fishing in it once again come up and, you know, not super close, but in, you know, close enough to where we could talk to them. Discover that they're close in age to us and again it is wild it was wild to us growing up to find people close in age to us on the lake so when we did it was like we found gold changed numbers with this guy and we were like kind of a thing um i think he thought we were in a relationship i don't think we were i don't know if we were we could have been i could have been like okay yeah sure whatever mary had the brilliant idea of riding into town and i was like oh we can meet up with this guy she's like okay let's bike into town and it isn't super close i don't know i would have to say it's at least a couple miles i was like okay i should probably ask my mom first and so i went to go ask my mom she's like absolutely no you're not riding your bike into town well mary and i did anyway and we go to town and we meet up with this guy and she immediately doesn't like him i don't even remember what happened why she didn't like him but she's like he's so sketchy she starts like yelling at this poor kid (laughs) and we leave we go back home and actually later on down the road I want to say early high school I had discovered that he was actually diagnosed with stage four I don't know some type of stage four cancer he was diagnosed with in high school and that was super real for me, and I, like, you know, very much, we're friends on Facebook to this day, and I don't think I've ever actually talked to him since. I think I messaged him when he was first diagnosed, but I don't necessarily know if he beat it or not, but he's, he's doing well now. I do know that. Good for him, but that was really real for me. That was the first time you know, growing up that someone that I knew around my age had something bad happen to them. And so it was kind of real for me for that to happen. But another highlight of these summer years growing up was Mary and I would decorate her golf cart and we would drive the golf car into town for the 4th of July parade and be in the parade. We just thought we were all that in a bag of chips. So much fun. Her grandpa also, he made two things. He made pickles, fresh pickles, which we loved. We would just inhale them they were so good and then he also would make moonshine some years so this part of you know these stories I don't condone at all hesitated to even share this but I was young and dumb and we were 15 16 at the time tried her grandpa's moonshine I think while her dad and her grandpa were there they let us try some But we decided after they left to take more than that and we walked back to my cottage. And at this point, my friend, we'll call her Katie, was up there. The three of us, I met Katie the same, around the same time that I met Mary. And the three of us, like, they met one time and then the three of us kind of just became best friends all together. So we took more moonshine and we drank it while walking back to my cottage. By the time we got there... My cousins were all down by the fire, and my cousin had a girlfriend at the time, and I was visibly drunk. I don't remember. I was just doing stupid things, and that they like they could tell, and they kind of thought it was funny because I've never been drunk before, and they always thought that I was very innocent. So that was that was an interesting experience in itself, and you know they weren't mad or anything, and they didn't spread the news. It was just a very interesting experience. (laughs) Another time when my cousins were up there, we were all playing basketball at the basketball court, which is, you know, by the playground at the end of the, we were at one end of the cottages, this was at the other end. Both my cousins and I, our call, if our parents would call us, our dads would whistle super loudly, and we would never mess with that, we would immediately come running, because that's how they, like, we were, like, in trouble, or they needed us to come there. So we're all over there playing and my uncle whistles and we kind of just stop and freeze for a minute and we look thinking, you know, maybe he's going to yell dinner is ready or something. He whistles again, like even more aggressively. And so all of us come running and my grandma is like shoving us into the cottage because apparently these two gentlemen from the last cottage, which is kind of behind everybody else, got into an argument and one fired a gun right behind. There's like the basketball court and then some trees. And then they were on the other side. So they were right by us. And I don't know how we didn't hear it or we heard it and we just didn't think anything of it. But he fired a gun. And our parents were like terrified, rightfully so. But I just, I recall these things and it's just wild to me. Sometimes sneak over to this cottage. It wasn't a part of like our area. But there was this gate and this no trespassing sign and... We would occasionally sneak in there because they had a massive trampoline and a bell and no one was ever there. So one time we snuck in there, we were jumping on the trampoline and we rang the bell. This bell is massive. We came back. My mom started questioning my brother and I. She's like, where were you? What were you doing? And I don't know what we said, if we lied, if we told the truth. And she was like, I heard you guys ring the bell. So she just automatically knew. I don't think we ever went over there again. But that was another fun thing we like to do. When I was probably in elementary school still, I recall being pretty young. I was over, like, by the trash can. My brother and cousin's fishing poles were over there. And I actually stepped on a hook, just a normal-sized hook. But, of course, me being me and young me, it was the end of the world. I started crying. There was, like, a tiny little bit of blood on my foot. And so my mom was comforting me. And then my cousin was like, oh, like i'll step on a hook to make her feel better steps on a hook it's this massive hook goes so far into his foot we try to get it out nobody can get it out my mom has to go wake up my grandparents they can't get it out so my grandma stays back with me and my female cousin while the boys and my mom and grandpa take my cousin to the hospital apparently it's pretty impressive how they get a fishing hook out at the hospital never actually seen it for myself, but they were pretty impressed. We meet these kids up at the cottage that were just renting out one of our neighbor's cottage for the week, but we did everything with them that week. My brother and the boy went out fishing and they come back. My brother has a massive fishing hook in the back of his head. Once again, we're trying to get it out. I think my mom didn't even really want to mess too much with that one because it was in his head. The funniest part is hooked in the back of the head with his own pole. How do you even do that? I don't get it, but Anyways, another ER trip for that, and it just kind of became a running joke, fishing hooks, and our family. So my grandparents have a pontoon boat. We'd always go out on the pontoon, we still do that to this day, and uh, like we sometimes would have family up there that would come out with us, and neighbors would come out with us. We would pack that pontoon boat full. One of our neighbors was terrified of boats, refused to ever go on a boat. I don't know if something happened in his past or what, but we somehow convinced this man to get on this boat with all of us. We get not even to the end of our cove. And the front of the pontoon starts to sink. My aunt screams bloody murder. I start crying, screaming, because honestly my aunt scared me and I'm on a sinking boat and I'm young. And so somebody decides to yell everyone to the back of the boat. Okay, so everyone rushes to the back of the boat. And what happens? The back of the boat starts to sink. How many times we did this? How many times we all ran from one end to the other before we finally figured out we can't all be on one end of the boat? It was scary. Like, that boat was going down. I don't know how it didn't. Somehow we managed to level it out, and we just turned right back around and came back. I know some people lost some things, but turned out okay. The next sinking boat story I have for you My brother had a little fishing boat of his own and him and my cousin, maybe one of their friends, yeah, I think it was my cousin's friend was out with them. They were out fishing, whatever. Mary and I were out on the pontoon and we were all coming back. And so we passed them and they're paddling. This boat had a motor on it, but they were paddling. We're like, what are they doing? And so we asked if they're okay, if they want to ride, they like thinking the motor broke down, they would not talk to us. They looked Ticked off, and so we're just kind of like, Wow, like, okay, we're trying to be nice. They just have an attitude. We both both boats go back to our cottage, and then that's when we discover that they were kind of close to the shore fishing right in front of this other person's cottage. And this speed boat zooms past them, completely flips their boat, and like capsizes it, and they lost all of their things thank god for the co- the people at the cottage that they were fishing right in front of like these my, they were teenagers they were pretty young at the time and this family rushes out onto their boat comes out and helps them and i don't know what would have happened if they didn't help them while a lot of the fun happened in the summer at the cottage i that's that's not where all the fun happened i have some crazy stories from our house back at home as well one of those being my dad used to make wine and so we have this wine cellar in our basement and it was not out of the ordinary for my brother and I to wake up one day and him hand us a five gallon bucket and say go pick all the dandelions in the yard now that I am of drinking age I don't think I've ever seen dandelion wine but he would always make dandelion wine I'm sure it's a thing it's got to be a thing But i never hear of that anymore and it's so bizarre to me like we would spend all day just out picking freaking dandelions in the yard for him to make wine and another one of his famous wines is toe jam wine and i know what you're thinking but give me a second to explain myself (sighs) he one time again five gallon bucket put some grapes in it lifted me up i was super little lifted me up set me inside this five gallon bucket And had me stand there crushing grapes for who knows how long for him to make wine. So then he, you know, called that toe jam wine. It's kind of funny, running joke, whatever. Had a minivan growing up as well. Blue minivan. I think we called them like old blue or something. And again, super young at this time. But it eventually broke down, was no longer usable. And so what do we do? Little hick people in a little hick town. We invite our family friends over and we grab our guns and shoot up this minivan literally in our yard, shooting this minivan with guns. Who does that? I simply don't understand our family. Hilarious though, makes for a good story. Another odd thing we did was we would have these this huge fire once a year. every you know we grew up on a lot of land, as I said, we would grab that's we just had this brush pile like that's just where all the brush went. Like a small house, it was. It was tall. It was wide. So once a year, we would like invite all our family and friends over, light this thing on fire, have this huge fire of this brush pile. I remember we'd call the fire department to warn them, so nobody thought someone's house was on fire because it was massive. There was once or twice or a few times where a fire truck actually came and like hung out with us, it, like just in case anything happens, and we would like play with his equipment and stuff. It was so much fun, even in the winter time. We still managed to have fun. You know, Michigan winters are pretty brutal, but one year decided to make an ice rink. And so we made an ice skating rink and did that for a few years. That was always so much fun. We'd go sledding behind our four wheeler. I was in high school around this time, but my brother at one point had a snowmobile or was barring a snowmobile. And he one time threw me off the snowmobile into a tree. So that was a super fun time. Another thing that him and my cousins did when I was super young is they put me on the treadmill turned it all the way up and I just flung off. They were so mean to me. It's fine. I forgive you guys. But now to the story that you've probably been waiting for, which is the story about the time I lit my house on fire. And ironically, it has to do with my friend Katie and the wine cellar in our basement. So my friend Katie would come over all the time. We we're super close, right? And it was one of our birthdays. Her birthday's in December. months, in March. I remember there was snow on the ground, but there's snow most of the time in March here and so I can't really remember whose birthday it was but we're in the basement hanging out as we always did because we would get in trouble for being too loud but then we could like play music and be chaotic and do whatever we wanted. We decided to grab a bottle and honestly I think it was two bottles of wine that my dad had made and to drink them in the basement and they were they tasted so bad but we drank them We were drunk again don't condone this it was not abnormal for my cousins and i and my brother to play with fire or matches we were little pyros is that the right word you know growing up in the country both at our cottage and at our house it was not uncommon we're always around fire new fire safety we're very aware of that i started playing with matches and just lighting little pieces of paper on fire and then blowing them out whatever and i never know how to explain this but I found this long piece of paper it was probably I don't know it was this huge long skinny piece of paper made out of like paper bag material I light the end of that on fire gonna do the same thing right just blow it out nope it goes whoosh I call Katie over she sees it she starts freaking out I'm already freaking out I'm like crapping myself not actually but I wanted to probably I start like running towards the slider door we have these sliders doors I was like oh, open them And she couldn't get it open. I was like, is it locked? So she flipped the thing. Still couldn't get it open. And we had one thing about Katie. She was very much an airhead. And my whole family, I think, would back me up on that. I was like, oh, sometimes, like, there's usually this piece of wood in there, like, ledged in the door so that you can't get it open. Like, you'll have to pull that out. She's like, no, there's no wood there. Spoiler alert, there was. But I was like, oh, my gosh. And at this point, it started, my hands started to burn. And so... My instinct was to drop the paper because my hand is burning. My hand's like on fire now. Drop the paper. The carpet goes, whoosh, we're freaking out. I was wearing slippers, so I grabbed my slipper, not knowing that this kind of material is very flammable. And, you know, at the cottage and even fires at our house, you know, we always just if the fire gets outside of the pit or whatever, we just step on it with our shoe, it comes out. That was my that was my thought process behind this. Nope. Try to tap it out with the slipper. Slipper goes whoosh. I, again, start burning my hand, so I drop it. Mind you, our basement was, like, very much not finished. And so did not think that... I don't know if either of us tried the things, but I didn't think there was any water down there at all. Didn't really have a way to get the water from there to the fire if if we even had water. So then I find this huge glass jar that my dad would use to make the wine. And I don't know how to explain it. It was just this huge glass jar jar I see that next and so now I'm thinking okay my slipper was very flammable but this like is hard glass can't catch on fire right so let me try to lightly tap out the fire with this this should work I had some adrenaline going through me and I didn't just lightly tap I actually shattered the jug everywhere so now not only is my house up in flames there's now glass everywhere. I will never forget this feeling. I was standing there looking at the basement that was in flames, giving up at that point. I was about to go wake up my parents and my brother and say, you guys got to get out. The house is about to be on fire. Well, I mean, it already was, but like the upstairs is about to catch fire. It was so scary. There was this huge fire in the basement. I will never get over this feeling and still to this day, one of the scariest things that have happened to me. Thank God for this. Katie discovers the sink is working and finds a bucket while I'm over here screwing everything up. Luckily, we were able to get it out and then we got it out. We're standing there, we turn the lights on. The carpet is burnt everywhere, which we didn't have nice carpet, but it was very visibly burnt, glass everywhere. It was bad. And we were going shopping the next day again for one of our birthdays. And I don't remember. I feel like if we told my mom before, like at the beginning of the day, she probably wouldn't have taken us shopping. But we were also super like shooken up. I feel like we would have told her right away. I don't remember when we told her. But we still went shopping that day. And my friend, Katie, passed out in this store. I don't know if it was from like being hungover or... Like, she just didn't drink or eat enough. But we're standing there by this rack. And all of a sudden, she starts leaning into the rock. I'm like, what are you doing? And she just falls over in the store. So that was this whole big thing. Probably one of the most traumatic 24-hour periods for both of our lives. She's also not in my life anymore. We grew apart. But um, I sometimes wonder if she still thinks about this story as much as I do. <laughs> by far, one of my favorite stories to tell. Also, probably makes me look dumb, but it's okay. We all make dumb decisions, right? Thank you if you have made it this far. I appreciate you listening to me ramble about just random things that have happened to me. I feel like it's just a good preview of what my life is like and just the crazy things that are always happening. And I hope that you will come back and listen to some more episodes again. There'll probably be a variety of things. Some will be light like this and just kind of funny stories. Some will be more deep and, you know, interviewing people or having guests on here. But I am hoping to post every Saturday. I have some health issues that have kind of been rough lately. And so I can't necessarily stick to my word on that because I just have to also take care of myself. But that is my hope. That is my vision. And so I hope I will see you next time.